Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Today we bring to you a standalone sermon entitled The Splendor of the Church Takes My Breath Away. In this sermon, we will determine how important the house of the Lord is in our lives. And now, lead Pastor Rex Johnson. And I want to I want to speak today. It's a standalone message just today. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about the splendor of the church. The splendor of the church. And a little subtitle, it takes my breath away. That's what I'm going to talk about today. The splendor of the church takes my breath away. I'm going to read a text to you today. 2 Kings chapter 10 says, And when the queen of Sheba had seen all of Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table, the setting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cup bearers and his ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. No more spirit. Today, my subject, the splendor of the church, takes my breath away. I have a question for you today. How valuable to you is one day in God's house? That's a worthy question. David, in his 84th Psalms, would say that a single day in God's house is worth more than a thousand days in the world. And he said to be the lowest servant in God's house is better than living in palaces of wickedness. And David woke up every morning saying, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Simply put, David said, your worst day living for God is better than your best day living for the devil. How valuable then is God's house? I just read a story from the Old Testament that demonstrates the worth and the lasting effects of God's presence. And on this morning, this day, on the 13th day of the month, which is the beginning tonight of Rosh Hashanah, which is the Feast of Trumpets, it also ends the Shemitah, which is the year of Jubilee for the Jews, and it ends today. And so we are... We're at the end of people going free and we're at the beginning of trumpets. And it's a a worthy time to think about how valuable the church is to us. Because I believe with all my heart that when the Lord does come, he may pick this time of the year to come and take us home. Because it is a new beginning on the Jewish calendar. So I want to preach today. She came from afar How she heard about the king named Solomon, only we can speculate. Jesus said this woman came from the uttermost part of the earth and uh, to see the son of David. And he called her the queen of the south. She came from a land called Sheba, what is thought to be either ancient Yemen or Ethiopia today. She came because she was curious. She had heard of the great blessings to befall King Solomon. She had heard of his wisdom. She had heard of his worship. 
She had heard of the great and powerful blessings that had befallen the son of David, King Solomon. But she didn't come for all of that. The Bible said in 1 Kings, and when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to test him with hard questions. See, she didn't come to see the architect of the temple. Solomon's temple was 180 feet long and 90 feet wide and 50 feet tall. Some of the remaining foundation stones are so large that modern engineers can't even figure out how they were laid in the first place. But when they were laid, there was not a sound of a hammer, nor was there a sound of a saw. They cut the pieces perfect and they fit perfect when they came together. Yet no expense was spared. Gold blanketed everything. 3,300 men oversaw the effort. And the expense was so great. Many people may not know this, that Solomon had to pay off the king of Hiram by giving him 20 towns in the country of Galilee. But she did not come to see the palace. She did not come to see the splendor of what he had built. For seven years he spent building God's house, but he spent nearly twice as long building his own house. It was not the architect that intrigued the queen of Sheba. She came to get her questions answered. 1 Kings chapter 10 says she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bore spices and much gold and precious stone. And when she had come to Solomon, she communed with him about all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hidden from the king which he told her not. I want to say first of all, the things that make this house so splendid, such a splendorous place, is God's house is where you get your questions answered. Can I preach about that a little bit? It's where you get your questions answered. All of us, all of us have questions. All of us have questions that need answers. I'd like to remind you that Solomon placed two massive columns at the entrance of God's house. One he called Boaz. The other he called Jacob. Boaz means God is our strength. Say he's my strength. And Jacob means my God is directing me. Everybody say direction. Everybody say strength. Everybody say direction. I promise you if you'll entwine yourself with the presence of God today, that you'll leave here stronger than what you came in today. And I promise you if you'll listen to the word of the Lord, you'll leave here with direction. And some of your questions that you've been asking of yourself and of your God will be answered in this house today. Because you can't walk up into the house of God without feeling strength and without understanding God is my direction in my life. Say amen to that. A person gets what they need at God's house. They get direction. They get strength to follow. Take people away from God's house and they lose their Boaz. And they lose their Jacob. They lose their strength, and they lose their direction. Thinking gets muddy, and thinking gets uncertain, and thinking gets confused. Hell don't want you to be in the house of God because you'll get strength here. And you'll get your questions answered here, and you'll get direction in this house. When you walk out, many times belief grows vague and foggy. Some errant beliefs might be harmless enough, but eventually all thoughts away from God grow dangerous. I've often wondered what baby boomers expect in church, and I'm one of them. According to a study that Dr. Dobson did on Focus on the Family, they expect eight things. They expect good preaching. I trust that you'll have that today. They expect good worship. We've already had that. 
They expect good fellowship. They expect good facilities. They expect good food. <laughs> they expect good child care. They expect good parking. And they expect some clean and good restrooms. These are good. But that's not why I come to church today. I've come here, first of all, because I need some strength in my life today. And I've come here, second of all, because I need some direction in my life today. I need God to help me. A leper, when he saw Jesus one day, walked up to him and he said, I know you can. I know you can heal me. But the question is not, can you or can you not? The question is, will you heal me? There's a lot of people that know what God can do and what God can accomplish. But our questions are not what he can do, but will he do it for me in my life? I want to tell everybody in this house today that your Jesus, the one that you worship, was not even welcome in his own synagogue, in the own house of God. He was of the tribe of Judah, and he was not a Levite. So he couldn't even go into the house that was built to honor him. But you know what he did? He stood on the porch, and he lifted loads, and he lifted burdens, so people wouldn't have to have burdens carrying them through the house of God. You hear me? Jesus has already met you when you walked in the door today because he wants you to understand that not only he can, he will. He will. He will. I sympathize with King Belshazzar when he petitioned Daniel years ago. I sympathize with him. Daniel 5, I'm not going to read it all. He said, but I've heard that the spirit of God's is in you. God's, plural, is in you. You have insight, intelligence, and understanding. There's a thing that's been written on my wall. says, mini, mini, tikalu, farson, and there's why these enchanters, these wise men were brought in. They couldn't read what was on that wall. But he said, if you can read the writing and tell me what it means, I will clothe you in purple. And I will put a gold chain around your neck. I'll call you Mr. D, not Mr. T. And you will have made third highest ruler in the kingdom. And Daniel answered the king, you may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to somebody else. Nevertheless, I'll read the writing for you, O king. Your majesty, the most high God, gave your father Nebuchadnezzar's sovereignty and greatness. It wasn't these gods that you worship. It was the most high God. Let me tell you something. I don't care what's been written on your wall. There's a God in heaven that can help you understand and give you direction. And not only give you direction, but give you strength when he gives you that direction in your life. Church is where you get your questions answered. It's a great place to be. Belshazzar, it wasn't the spirit of the gods. Queen of Sheba, it was not King Solomon. It was the God of Daniel. It was the God of Solomon. God empowered Daniel with tremendous insight, and he saw the others. He saw what others could not see because God gave him vision to see. Likewise, God appeared to Solomon by night and asked, What shall I give you? And Solomon asked for divine wisdom. And God gave him his request because he didn't ask for money and he didn't ask for fame. He said, I will give you what you wanted, plus I will give you fame and I'll give you monetary blessing. Today we must look for Daniel or Solomon. Must we find a gifted diviner or seer 
No, there's someone better. In Matthew chapter 12, the Bible said, The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, for she came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here right now. Can I declare to you today, can I say something greater than Solomon's in this house? And one reason the house is so splendid today is because that you're going to get strength in your life today. And you're going to get your questions answered in your house today. Amen? Isn't it great to be in God's house? Why don't you clap your hands all over the building and say, I'm happy. I'm happy to be in the house of God. The second thing I want to talk about today is found in 1 Kings chapter 10. It's an amplified version of the King, King James 21 that I read in the beginning. And when the Queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house and the palace which he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants and court officials, the attendance of his waiters and their attire, their attire the cupbearers, his stairway by which he went up to the house of God, the temple of the Lord. She was, everybody say, breathless. Wow. And awed by the wonder of it all. The King James Version said there was no more spirit in her as if she had passed out. The Amplified Version simply said she was breathless. God house took her breath away and the second thing I want to preach today and I may not even get to my third point I may not even get there today but God's house is the place where your wonder is restored I pray today I have prayed this weekend that somehow Something I said today would restore your awe and the awesomeness of God in your life because there's no place that can restore your wonder. That wonder that you had when you first were converted. That wonder that you had, that gleam in your eye when there was no cataracts there and you didn't see through dim eyes but you saw through bright eyes. And you understood that, wow, this is the greatest place. This is the most awesome place I've ever been in my life. It's like the old rock and roll boy that received the Holy Spirit here one night. And he asked me if we had any cots in the church. And I said, no, we don't have any, son. This is not a sleepover place. And he said, I want to go home and get one. Can I spend the night here? And I said, why? He said, because, sir, I've never felt anything like I felt just a moment ago. And I just don't want to walk out of the church so quickly. I want to sleep on it tonight. Can I just sleep here? How many remember the time when you wanted to sleep at church? When you wanted to stay at church? When you never wanted to go home from church? When you didn't look at your watch and say, what time is it at church? When you just came and said, let's just get on this thing of praising and worshiping God. Let's just magnify the King of Kings. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost has come to tell you today, we need to get our wonder restored in the house house of God today this could be this could be the day that the Lord could come again hallelujah hallelujah I remember when I was just a little kid and I sat on the front row of church please forgive my personal explanations here but I, I, all I know to talk about is me because I just lived with me all my life. 
But I remember when I was just a kid and I, I'd go to church and I would hear that somebody was coming to preach for us. We never had real good preachers. And I'd get on the front row. A little old seven-year-old boy, I'd get on the front row because I wanted to hear somebody tell me something. And I had such an awe, such a wonder of God's house. Please forgive me. I'm not trying to be emotional today. I'm just overwhelmed by what I'm preaching. It's bigger than I am today. But life has a way of beating that out of us and taking that awe and wonder and that my, 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 what a service. And it takes us to saying, well, he didn't do real well today, but I guess it's good enough to come back Wednesday again. You know, it wasn't the best thing I've ever heard. Where is our awe and where's that wonder? I want God to restore it in my life. And if God can restore it in my life, I'm gonna try to transport it to your life today because there's nothing, folks, you hear me, there's nothing like being saved by the power and the presence of Almighty God. There's nothing like claiming the name of the Lord in your life. There's nothing like having a God that'll heal you, having a God that has saved you, having a God that has raised you up, having a God that's turned your life around, having a God that brought you out of darkness into this marvelous light, having a God that is here with you right now. Oh, God, restore the wonder. Restore the wonder. Restore the wonder. Life has a way of painting us and making everything drab gray and we'll lose the illumination of life. Problems and troubles and trials have a way of just attacking every one of us. and It just wears us thin. But oh, Sunday morning, the splendor of God's house is that the wonder of the Lord can come back on us. And I can be like that little old seven-year-old boy on the front seat again saying, God, kick it up a notch. Go ahead and bless me like you hadn't blessed me in a long time. I remember when I was a kid, and I know this sounds like put on because kids sometimes do act, but I remember... Mom and daddy having to lead me out of church crying, just to crying. Ooh. And I couldn't help myself because the Lord was blessing me. And I don't want anything that the world can paint on me to take the wonder of the house of God away from me. If a woman could come a thousand miles from the south with a herd of camel, Hallelujah, and with spices and gifts to bring a man, just a man, what should I bring to the house of the Lord today? What should I bring to his presence today? I remember Solomon's daddy when he left Ziglag one day and he was going to look for the army that had destroyed Ziglag. He was walking through a desert place and all of a sudden, at one of the stopping places, his men brought a man to him and the man came into his presence and fell down at David's feet and said, oh, sir, Please don't take my life. Please don't take my life. And David said, who are you? He said, I'm an Egyptian, sir. I'm an Egyptian. And I was an Amalekite, an Amalekite slave. And, and sir, I got sick. 
and I couldn't get well and I couldn't find health and they left me behind and they left me to die. And he said, sir, please don't kill me. Would you help me? I'm so glad to know that when the world left me to die and left me helpless and left me sick and I had three days without water, I'm glad when I looked up, I saw a king in my life. I saw a savior in my life and he started feeding me bread and he started giving me raisins and he started making my health better. And I promise you that man died in David's palace because he found a king to rescue him from his past masters. You hear me? I want the wonder of salvation to come back into our hearts and lives again today because this could be the day. Does anybody feel anything besides Brother Reuben? <laughs> My God. Matthew 11 says, what shall I liken this generation to? It's like children sitting in the market calling on the fellas and saying, we have piped unto you and you've not danced and we've mourned and you have not lamented. Being in God's presence should restore wonder. We should be moved to rejoicing or to weeping. But church should move us. Did you come to be moved today? Did you come to have your wonder restored? Think about it. God's house is simply wondrous. Where else can you go with ashes of mourning and be transformed with the, into the oil of gladness? Where else can you enter one way and leave another way? Where else can you enter lame and exit walking? Where else can you come in sightless and leave insightful? Where else does a cold become hot and the discouraged become encouraged? Where else can you be told truth and, and, and love it because it's told to you in love? Where else can you discover your flaws and rejoice while grace covers them? Church is a wonderful place. And I think on this 13th day of September, I just got a feeling that we need to get our wonder and our awe back one more time. Would you clap your hands all over this house? And would you rejoice in the fact that you have been saved by the power of God. You have been healed by the blood of the Lamb. You've been washed. You've been sanctified. First Kings chapter 10 said, She said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in my land of your acts and your wisdom. However, I believed not the words until I came and my eyes saw it. Behold, the half was not told me. And the wisdom and prosperity exceeded the fame that I heard. Happy are thy people and happy are thy servants who stand continually before thee and hear wisdom. And let me tell you something. If you walked in here with a frown, put a smile on your face right now. Come on, put a smile on your face. Jesus Christ deserves more than a frown on your face today. He deserves some delighted kids in this house today. Come on. He deserves some happy children in this house today. You know, he'll feed you when you're mad, but he sure likes to feed you when you're happy. You know, if you walk out here happy, you might get some bluebell from God today. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. Can I just preach? It's time to restore wonder. It's time to get our wonder back. It's time to get that, oh, I don't know what I'm even talking about. It's just that feeling. It's just that, it's something that you just can't say in words. It's just that, mm. It's that hallelujah. 
It's that thank you, Jesus. It's that tear that trickles down your face and you say, wow, what in the world's happening to me? Nothing. It's all good. It's all wonderful. I'm just being touched by the presence of God. Saul, when he was looking for his father's lost donkeys, found a prophet and the prophet anointed him and said, go find you a church. Go find you a group of men and they're gonna be prophesying and singing and blessing one another. I want you to get right in the middle of them because you're gonna become a different man if you walk in the middle of it. What he was saying was, Saul, I wanna introduce you to small church and you can get in that circle and be blessed mightily. I wanna introduce you to a nine o'clock church today. If you've been hurt, if you've been chasing things that you shouldn't be chasing, you're in a house of God today. Why don't you get right in the middle of it and become a different person on this Sunday because this could be the day. This could be the day. This could be the day that the real trumpet sounds and the Lord comes back and Jesus ascends us all out of here. Do you think there are people right now that's heard about this church? And right now they desire to see if what they've heard is true. I say yes. And when they arrive here, I prayerfully hope they will find something more powerful than the good churches of this world with good restrooms and good parking lots and good food and just good worship. I hope they find wonder. I hope they find an awe. In this world, God has given a sparkling church, a church filled with faith, a church filled with hope and power and love. It's a place where the drab coat of gray is flaked away and the resplendent glory of God is painted again over every aspect of of our lives. One more thing about the splendor of God's house, and it's my favorite thing in the whole text. In 1 Kings chapter 10, King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire. Whatsoever she asked besides that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. Say royal bounty. That means the land yap in Louisiana. He gave her extra. And she turned and went to her own country. My third point is simply this. God's house is where you leave with more than what you came with. I feel a little old time spirit in this house right now. This may, this may be getting close to what heaven's going to sound like one of these days. Maybe this is what came over me yesterday at that prayer breakfast. God's house is where you get more than what you bargained for. The Queen of Sheba came to give Solomon something, but she returned home with more than what she imagined. We read of this incident in 1 Kings chapter in First Kings, and we also read about it in, in First Quran, Second Chronicles. Regardless of the fine gift Sheba brought, Solomon gave her far more in return. Listen to me. I heard Reed up here talking, give and it shall be given. And he read from one of my favorite passages, God's going to give back, but more. He's going to give it down, heaped up, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When you praise him, he gives you back more than your praise. When you come and offer a sacrifice, he gives you back more than that. When you come to the house of God when you're sick, he'll give you a well body to walk out of here with. 
Because I promise you, church is never a downer. It's always an upper. Amen? Church is never down. It's always up. And you always leave. Everybody say, I always leave with more than what I came in here with. I've had pastors call me before and say, Pastor Rex, I got a question for you. Like I can answer it, you know. I said, what's the question? They said, well, I've got people in my church that cannot find their place in the church. You know what my first question is? Are they givers? Now, I'm not talking about money because I don't preach it up here. But are they givers? Do they give worship? Do they give their time? Do they give their talents? Are they just people that just kind of come and sit on that fifth vertebrae and lean back and say, fill her up, bud? Because you'll never find your place in the kingdom of God until you bring something to the king. Amen? The Bible said when you come in from the field, you feed the one that feeds you at the table first and then you get fed. What I want to tell you is I think that our worship needs to be restored in this house. I think our worship needs to be restored. I think we need to praise God today like we hadn't praised him in a long time in our own system. I think we ought to clap our hands. I think we ought to magnify his name. I think we ought to glorify his house. I think we ought to praise his name, his power, his grace, his ability. Amen. I promise you, if you'll give him something, you'll take home more than what you gave. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody needs to have their breath taken away today. Somebody needs to get the wonder back today. She brought a gift and got the breath knocked out of her. She came with her arms full of gifts and she left with wagons loaded. If you want to leave overwhelmed, you need to come with an open heart. I'd like to compliment this church, if I may, because I'm not preaching negative today, but I'd like to compliment this church. You have surprised me with your attendance and with your giving and with your love. 25 plus years going on 26. And I am honored today to be your pastor. but I can't lead you any place that I've never been. And I've been on a a quest the last few days that I I want to get my strength, that I want to get my direction. I want to get my wonder back. And I want to be walking out of this church understanding that I didn't come full and leave empty, but I came empty and I left full. Amen. (laughs) 
Queen of Sheba is going to rise up one day in judgment because all she came to see was an earthly king named Solomon. But there's a greater Solomon here today. His name is Jesus Christ. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I'm I'm almost finished, but let me let me just let me just let me conclude. About ten years ago, the University of Calgary was digging down in the area where they felt like Sheba was from, the Queen of Sheba was from, at the place of Sheba, and they dug up and they found remains and ruins. You know what she had there? She had a house of worship built there. She had an outer court. She had an inner court. She had a holy of holies. She took more than just a gift home. She took a wonder home. She took direction and strength home. And she built at her place a house of God like Solomon had built for the Lord God. And then to conclude the story, the little man from Ethiopia that was found in a, in a desert by a man named Philip came all the way from that place because somehow it had tracked through the ages and through the, through, the, through the hundreds of years, the centuries of life. And he had heard about a house. And he came looking for that house. And he got more than he bargained for. He got water baptized. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that there's some hungry people are going to be looking for a church where wonder still is. There's some hungry people that's going to be looking for a house of God where they can get direction and get strength. There's some hungry people that's going to walk in here and say, can I leave there better than I walked in? I may have come in an attic, but I can leave free. I may have come in bound, but I can leave set free. I may have come in hurting, but I can leave well. Come on, folks. That's what wonder's all about. Let's magnify the Lord here right now. Let's get a little awe back in our life. Let's get a little wonder back in our life. Let's get a little hallelujah back in our life. Let's get a little praise back in our life. Let's get a little glory of God back in our life today. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 That concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.